It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It deals with demons, demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. They may be recalled to active life through the incantations presented in this book. It is through recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to possess the living. Groovy. Welcome into the Horror's Edge podcast. My name is Phil. And I'm Stacy. And this is a podcast devoted to reviewing and breaking down horror movies, both new and old, good and downright fucking terrible with me, somebody who loves horror movies and always has. And me, who married into it. Uh, we're still a relatively new podcast, and with that being said, if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, share with your friends to help us grow, but truly the best way to help us out is by dropping a review, hopping Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever it is that you listen to this, and uh, just take five seconds to drop a review. It truly helps more people uh, see this small podcast and helps us grow more than you could imagine. It only takes you a couple seconds, so we would truly appreciate it, but either way, we appreciate you being here. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those social things uh, at the Horror's Edge. And this is the best way to get in contact with us, whether that's through direct messaging, commenting on some of the posts that we have of upcoming videos, or just random stuff that we decide to post. It's the best way to have that open conversation that we want to have that's very difficult through podcast form. Uh, so if you love this movie, you hate this movie, you have a completely different opinion than we do on this movie... Hit us up. We'd love to have the conversation about it. Today, we're discussing 2013's remake of Evil Dead. Uh, this is a movie that I saw uh, I saw right after it was in theaters. I didn't hear much about it. There wasn't a ton of buzz around this movie. Um, but, man, I instantly loved this movie. Uh, this was at a time when remakes were kind of at the craze. Uh, everybody was making remakes, so people were kind of sick of it, I think, when this one came out. And, uh, oh man, I fell in love with it instantly. Um, now, you saw this once before, right? Yes, this is my second watch through. Okay. Um, man, I knew they hated it the first time that we watched this movie, so I'm kind of interested to see where you are with it right now. Uh, whether you still hate it, whether you love it, whether you're just okay with it, but we'll get to that in a minute. This is uh, a movie that is vastly different from Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. Vastly. Like, we're going from... Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Groovy. To balls to the wall, gore, ultra, ultra violence. Yeah. And uh, just so I would pure make, demonic mayhem. I would make the comparison that this is like when they went from Evil Dead 2 to Evil Dead 3, it's that big of a jump that you wouldn't recognize that it was in the same franchise. I know this is a remake, but I'm saying the way that they handled this from the, the last Evil Dead 3 or whatever completely jumped. Yep. Uh, I think that it's a much, much bigger jump than what you're even saying right now. Um we're going from Wizard of Oz to The Exorcist type yeah. of jump. Yep, it's definitely uh, a big jump. It, it's massive. Even the original Evil Dead, which had a lot of gore, mm -hmm. it had that violence, it had all that stuff. It was nothing compared to the violence and gore that's in this one. This is a completely different style yes. of movie. And I appreciate that they did change things, like even just like characters, because I was so sick of hearing about Linda. <laughs> Let me just tell you how many times I'm so happy I didn't hear Linda's name. I I, I kind of missed it. Uh, <laughs> well, he, <laughs> only I, for the sheer fact of come uh, Army of Darkness when I'm actually kind of looking at these through a little bit more of a critical eye where you see uh, it's a different 
actress every single yeah. time. So I, I mean, was hoping to have Linda number four in it, this one. That would have been really good if they did a Linda, Linda yeah. four. But I am happy that they did change um, the e- Even if it was only like Army of Darkness, Linda's in there for five seconds yeah. and then that's it. That would have been cool with me. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll get a Linda four in the new one. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, so the IMDb plot synopsis of this is five friends head up to a remote cabin where they discover with where the discovery of a book of the dead leads them to unwittingly summon up demons uh, living in the nearby woods. So once again, we're back to the book no longer being called the Necronomicon. It's just uh, the book of the dead or whatever the actual pronunciation is of it i i I completely forget um so before we do any type of spoilery stuff let's let's say what we thought of this movie so the way that we uh rate movies is very similar to scales ec all the fucking time one through ten one is dog shit terrible don't watch this movie it's going to waste your time ten being absolutely amazing everybody needs to see this movie and five being this is an average movie. It's not going to offend you, and you're not going to be screaming uh, that everybody needs to see. Where were you with us? So this is my second watch through, and I think with that in mind, there is a little bit of the movie that because it's a second watch through, it didn't hit as hard as it did the first time, which in this case actually worked to its benefit because I knew what was coming and I could kind of be aware of what I was doing. Oh, you weren't looking away, were you? Absolutely. Oh, you suck. Fingers <laughs> between my my eyes. Yes, there are certain parts where I could not even stomach it. With that being said, I liked the story. I like how it's like two stories woven together, but they did it in such a great way that it, it worked. It flowed. I loved it. Uh, the action in this movie is phenomenal. There's a lot of it. Um, they casted the roles really well. Every yeah. character that had a role in this movie, I think they did a phenomenal job. They they really cast it to where it worked for their character development throughout the movie. This is where it falls for me. Super brutal. Super, super graphic and gory and brutal. And that is not my cup of tea. Never will be. Never <laughs> was. So I gave it a seven. Holy shit. That's much higher than I thought that you'd give it. <clears throat> I gave it a seven because even though it was gory and it was brutal, it still held my attention from the beginning to the end. Even though I knew the entire plot and story, I still enjoyed watching it. And I did do a comparison from the first movie and the other ones that we had watched I think they really stepped it up. This remake, granted, I had just seen the other three previously, but this remake, I think they they knocked it out of the park. Okay. It was so well done. And normally, to me, obviously, I don't know a lot of movies, so when you put a remake in the mix, it's hard to kind of justify because I never really knew the first one very well to then justify the sec or the the remake of it. I, I enjoyed it as much as I hate brutality. And it's in your face. Oh, yeah. Like, even though I wasn't really looking, it was still in my face. Yeah. What did you give it? What do you think that I gave it? I think you gave it a 10. Yeah, that's correct. This I is... really wanted to say one in the beginning just to get your, like, knee-jerk reaction because I knew you were going to give it a 10, but <laughs> I didn't play that. This prank. is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's not number one or anything like that, but it's definitely top five, I think. Um which I would the, love on a future episode for you to rank your top five. I would love that. Yeah, I, I can definitely do that. And we can have you throw out the, the five horror movies that you know. Uh, <laughs> Halloween. I mean, we're getting up there. Halloween this is 19. episode number 43, I believe. So that's quite a bit of movies so far that we've uh, dedicated to Which reviewing just for this. People that, laugh when I tell them that in the comments or in the in the messages when they're like, oh, you do horror podcasts? I'm like, and I've seen almost none of the movies that I have listed. Yep. So we're at episode 43. I think that you've seen a grand total of maybe 60 horror movies. So 17 outside of the 43 that we've uh, reviewed. Um, Everything about this movie for a horror fan is great. 
in my opinion, obviously. It checks um, all the boxes for you? Yeah, so the with the exception of one actress, everybody knocks it out of the park. Could I guess who it was? Yeah, go ahead. Natalie. Yeah, she sucked. <laughs> um, well, it, really to no fault of her own, they gave her no time to shine at all. She, I forgot that she was in the cabin with them until her yes. scene came up. Yes. Um, Mia is fucking phenomenal. Now, I where, love where, Mia. Like, what other movies have she has she done? I'm just Don't know. curious. Never heard of her before. Jane Levy. Um, let's see here. She is in Don't Breathe, which very good movie. That's where I know um, her from. And she, she's the main character in that one. Yeah, I believe that she's okay. the lead female in there. And I don't recognize any of these that, other that's, movies. I knew that I had seen her in a movie that was like... Oh, she's in Shameless. Mandy Milkovich. Okay, Milkovich. I've seen Shameless. I, I, I could pinpoint who she was. Either way, killed it. Absolutely yeah. Oh, amazing. absolutely. David uh, did very well for his role there, there were scenes as like all right this is a little bit cheesy but it, it wasn't so over the top cheesy that it's like oh he what is he doing here olivia freaking phenomenal eric i thought like i forgot about eric almost and i during the beginning of my notes i was like and here's your typical stoner but he's not a stoner at all he's just a dude in this movie um which once we get to spoilers i got some shit that i need to say about fucking eric uh <laughs> and then there's natalie but they all do very good in their roles yes. uh the shots that they have in this movie the way that they work the camera oh my god it's amazing yeah uh they have the overhead shots like you see in a lot of horror movies but it's done so much better than so many horror movies you have the typical evil dead camera but it's done so much better than the original. You have awesome, like, weird angles in one scene, and they work so damn well together. Um, when they go from one to the next to the next, it, it's just done awesome. The continuity of the movie is there. Yeah. If somebody threw up blood, you'll see it 10 different scenes later in that exact spot. Right, um, it flows very well. The story that's told with the, I don't want. What are the, the props? I guess. Don't give me that look. No, I'm just talking. But go ahead. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you go ahead. I was just saying that they do really well with the props. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we get into this all the time. I let Stacy talk whenever she's explaining what she thought of the movie. The second that I start explaining, she's like, oh, okay, I guess this is my cue. I'll start talking. Um, <laughs> to be fair, you asked me in the first couple episodes to talk yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Not over my opinion of it. <laughs> Unless if you have something specific on it that you're going to forget, right. that's fine. Um, it. it Everything about this movie is just so good. The production value, the practical effects. Oh my god, you would think that they're real. Most of them, you, you, you're watching it like, how how the hell do they do that? It, yeah, it's there just was a so freaking good. Everything about this movie from start to finish, it is relentless. Once this movie picks up and it, it starts from the beginning, then there's like a 10 minute lull. And then once it picks up, it does not let off that gas pedal until the credits roll, and yep. I love that. Full speed. Um, the movie, the only hit to it that I can say, it's really not that scary. Uh, so that killed it for a lot of people originally because every single piece of advertisement for it was in gigantic font. The most terrifying film you will ever experience, and it's not that. Uh this is not a movie that's meant to scare you from start to finish. This is a movie that's meant to disgust you and have an awesome story. Uh, I didn't find it scary, really, at all. Um, I can see if you were in their shoes how it would be scary, and it's taken much more seriously than the previous Evil Dead films. Uh, so in that sense, it's much more horror-centric, but terrifying? No. This isn't a movie that I would watch and be scared while watching i think 
the terrifying aspect of it that I could see is the angle of having to make the difficult choices that some of these characters had to make. I could plead the case of that is terrifying. It's scary. If you were put in their shoes and dropped into that cabin, would you be able to do the things that some of these main characters had to do? Like I said, if you were to jump in the shoes of these people, sure. Every horror movie is that way. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're watching Freddy Six, which is one like Freddy's Dead, the worst Nightmare on Elm Street movie ever. If you are in the shoes of one of those people, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, you got a person coming after you in your sleep. However, watching it, being the viewer watching the movie, I wasn't scared at all throughout any part of this movie, and I I scare easily. <laughs> uh, as stupid as that sounds, as much as I love horror. That adrenaline hits me when I'm watching the movie in a different way for fear compared to uh, yeah. great story compared to gore. Uh, they're, they're very different feelings that I feel, and I get scared easily through movies. I, I love that feeling. That's why I love horror, but I didn't experience that at all throughout this yeah. from my first watch till now. I, granted, by this time, I've probably seen the movie 40 times, but... Uh, and still hits. Yeah. <laughs> it's still awesome. Uh, let's jump into a little bit of spoilery stuff before we start actually ruining this for anybody. If you have not seen this movie yet, this movie is for somebody who loves horror movies. Not just that, somebody who can tolerate gore. Uh, as a. So that's two checks in the wrong column for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this film was actually a, uh, originally rated NC 17 uh, until it was toned down to be an R rating. According to the director, he and both Sam Raimi were willing to keep it NC 17 rating uh, since the original film had it. However, the studio required that this film had an R rating in order to release it, so they forced them to tone it down. They wait, toned wait. it down. That's toned down? Yes. They toned it down so much that the unrated cut for this film restored six minutes of footage that was removed to achieve an oh, R wow. rating. So I cannot wait to find this Blu-ray, uh, which was finally released with uh, the director's blessing in October 2018 on a Blu-ray. Uh, but can you imagine six more minutes of straight gore? That they I, had I, to cut. I, I would actually be very um curious to see what what the six extra minutes were because <laughs> when you said that they cut it down, I'm thinking that's crazy because I would have thought that that was over the top to begin with. Yep. Uh so once again, you need to be a fan of this style of movie to truly appreciate it. I think all horror fans will like it. But some people will just say, oh, that's torture porn or nothing but, well, I guess not torture, but th- that style later, where, where it's nothing but gore. Uh, and I can see that from somebody. However, there's so much more to this movie. Uh, but you need to be able to appreciate that. So if you don't like horror, don't watch it. But it is available for free right now. It is on uh, Pluto. Uh, and you can watch it on there. You will get ads. So it's very fucking weird to go from like a super intense, super graphic scene to Toy Box. Come play this game on your Apple iOS. <laughs> toy Box. It's a fun puzzle game. Yeah. And then you go right back into, oh my fucking God, what am I watching? Yeah, it, was, it was a little <laughs> um, rocky with the ads like that, but. Groovy. that's all i can say to that so check the movie out it is for free right now or video on demand almost anywhere for four bucks uh highly highly recommend it and i don't i didn't read anything about evil dead rise so i have no idea whatsoever whether stuff from this movie is going to be involved in that movie i would expect that they at least throw easter eggs in so if you're going to watch a new one, watch this one as well. Uh, I have no idea whether not, stuff's going to be long, included. Right? Uh, no idea. Probably about an hour or 40, maybe. Let me see if I can see that real quick. I, it's an I, hour 31. Yeah, so. I was say, it didn't seem super long. Like, sometimes I'm dreading that the movie's dragging on, but 
I've watched 90-minute movies where it felt five hours. This feels like it's an hour because you're having so much fun with it. Or in your eyes, you're not even watching it because you're closing your eyes. I I never Uh, close my eyes. I watch behind my fingers. Ah, very the, the protection it's like behind a fence yes i see little parts <laughs> of it but i don't see the whole shebang gotcha so check this movie out if you haven't seen it it is available free on uh pluto and uh it's video on demand so you don't need to wait for it to start again or anything like that pluto is 100 percent free i don't even think that you have to sign in to use it it's a pretty cool app yeah cops 24 7 baby love Ooh. it uh so Let's do a scene-by-scene breakdown of this movie. Once again, heavy spoilers. Uh, If you haven't seen it, don't listen to this. Or do. Whatever. No skin off my back. Uh, Just to show you how much more gore was in this movie, according to reports in the press, the film used 70,000 gallons of fake blood. Oh my gosh. In an interview, the director said that they used 50,000 gallons in the final scene alone. Let's do a comparison here. The original Evil Dead had a lot of gore, right? Mm. They used 200 to 300 gallons in the original movie compared to 70,000. That's crazy. In this one. But I could see it. I mean, definitely, especially in the end. Definitely could tell. But even if you take that out, they still have 20,000 gallons. Which is. What? (laughs) So the director has been the same director all along, same guy. No, this one is uh, Fede Alvarez, uh, whereas Sam Raimi was the original director. He is credited as a writer in this one. So the director was working with him and uh, one other guy, Roto Saigas, or Saigas, to write this movie. So Sam Raimi was heavily involved in the production of this. Obviously, the director wanted his blessing, and you can tell so many points throughout this movie uh he loves the evil dead franchise Mm -hmm. uh but he's not the director in this one ash uh bruce campbell was actually kind of irritated with this to where uh what he wanted to do was kind of like a soft reboot of the franchise um and they didn't do that so when producers uh, suggested the possibility of an Evil Dead remake to Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, Raimi responded favorably about it. He was all about it, whereas Bruce Campbell was the least enthusiastic of the three. Raimi thought that the Evil Dead was exactly the sort of film uh, that could be successfully updated and reimagined by a new generation of filmmakers. Uh, while Campbell was not happy to pass on his iconic role of Ash, he relented when he heard that the film would feature a new set of characters and the role of Ash would not be recast. So as long as somebody did not take the His character role. of Ash, he was yeah. more okay with it. And you can see why. This is still to this day, I think, how he makes his bread and butter at home yeah. by going on horror conventions as Ash. And I think that if they made this cast, even with the being remake... If that guy's name was Ash instead of David, Evil Dead fans would not like this movie nearly as much as stupid as that sounds. Yeah, I think there are certain times where you can keep the same kind of characters but reboot them. And I don't think, I think they did it the right way. I think it was best to not have an Ash in the movie. Yep. Um, but I do know that they took parts of the Evil Dead franchise throughout. And, and kind of incorporated it in a modern way, which I did appreciate. I thought that that was nice to kind of give nod to the original. Yep. When the director was pitching the role of this film, he said this film, uh, he pitched the film as the audience watching something that you're not supposed to watch. <laughs> what? Which is awesome. <laughs> because it's all so over the top, so mm. taboo, so crazy. That you shouldn't be watching something like this. And that's how he got the go-ahead to do the movie. Mm. Really, really cool. Uh, So the movie actually opens up with this person walking through the woods. And they're just terrified. They're walking super slow. Uh, The camera slowly pans down on the person from the back. And you can see that they're bleeding so much from their hand and just defeated. 
and you see these people knock her out, and she wakes up tied uh, to a post in a basement somewhere uh, with some witch-like person saying some voodoo chants, and you can see the Necronomicon or the Book of the Dead. Maybe I should stop calling it the Necronomicon because they're not calling it that in this reboot. Uh, but her dad is actually the one who had her captured, and the girl sees the dad, and he's she's like, where's mom? Where's she? Like she's freaking out, and he's yeah. like, "Well, mommy's dead, and you know that. You killed her." Yeah. And then uh, he douses her in gas, and then the girl uh, she's freaking out. But then all of a sudden, he goes to light the match. She's like, "I will rip your soul out!" And he lights her on fire. Dad's crying, "I love you, baby!" And then he blasts her head off with a shotgun. I know, so heartbreaking. But it was. The scene was done really well, uh, super graphic in the fact that she's obviously burned alive at the stake. Yeah. Um, but how heartbreaking for this dad to lose his wife and then now have to kill his daughter because that's just the way it has to be. Yeah. And then we open up with the Evil Dead title card and there's like some shrieking noises going on and it's a super dark card. Uh, then we get these overhead shots of the car driving into the cabins, similar to what we've seen in the first three Evil Duds, because the other two uh, had the recap of them going to the cabin anyway with a different Linda. Uh, and we get, uh, so it's a group of friends slash family. David is the main guy, uh, Olivia, Natalie... Uh, Natalie is David's girlfriend. Eric, I wrote as a stoner guy, but he's not a stoner guy. And then you have Mia, who is David's sister. And if you take the first letters of all the main characters, David, Eric, Mia, Olivia, and Natalie, spells out demon. Cool little nod, I think, of how they got some of the names or how to derive the names out. That's um, cool. I didn't put two and two together. I sure as hell did not either. Um, and we get such cool shots as they're going through there. We got the sunset happening. The sunset is giving all these cool rays behind the trees as they're coming up. So once again, it, man, they shot this movie so freaking good. David gives me a necklace, and it's the same one that Ash gave Linda. I wrote, pick your version of Linda, because all three of them got the necklace, <laughs> despite all three of them being different actresses. <laughs> I still get a kick out of that, man. It's Ruby. the best. Uh, and they're all there to watch Mia get clean from drugs. Now, uh, you know this about me. I'm on YouTube all the time watching reviews of horror movies and podcasts about horror movies. That That's why I started doing this, because I love listening to them, and I... I like talking about them. Yeah. And every one of them that I've seen about this movie loves the fact of how they came up with the present, uh, the idea of why they need to stay in the cabin. And it was the first thing that I thought of when I saw this movie is this is the most intelligent way to ignore all the crazy and wild shit that is happening to somebody. They're trying to get them to come clean cold turkey off drugs. And staying in the cabin is the only way that they can do that until she completely comes clean. Yeah, because it, it makes sense. Everything that she's experiencing after the withdrawal symptoms can totally be explained with well, that versus what's actually happening. Yeah. So it does hallucinations, uh, freak outs, right. uh, super hot, super cold, super pale, all that completely explained by. This super simple premise that nobody came up with, as far as I know, before yeah. this movie. And so many movies and, have this. And it's this... believable. It's not something that's totally off the wall that these group of people and, and her brother would be like, of course that's not real. Everybody agrees that that's, that's what's happening. She's just getting off the drugs. And, you know, even though she's begging and she's kind of making up these stories, it, it sounds like something that would happen with somebody with drugs. So, yep. nod to them. So they're at their childhood cabin, and as they get up there, they realize that it was broken into. The lock was busted. David and Mia have this broken type of relationship. David uh, kind of went out and did his own thing, whereas Mia stayed back in the hometown and 
like they have a really rocky relationship because their mom went through such a horrible death. Uh, you don't find out exactly in this moment, but she was in a psychiatric hospital and like towards the end, I'm assuming very bad Alzheimer's or something like that to where she didn't really realize what was going on. And David never went home to deal with this. He's the type of personality uh, that once something starts going bad, he runs. Uh, yeah, and that, that was that's his up, coping mechanism. That was brought up with his friends as well. Like yep. he he just runs when when life gets hard. So he's kind of let everybody down in that situation. His friends, his family, specifically Mia. Yes, but but Eric also hints at the fact that like he has a rocky relationship with um, yep. David, and and I like that they they give those little bit of the story, but it's not like a full blown like backstory. Cause I don't need to hear about it. Yeah, they your... don't spoon feed it to you. Yeah. I don't uh, need to hear you whining about not being best friends anymore. Cause he moved out. Like, yeah, it's simple, but it also, it hits hard throughout the entire movie. And the best thing about it is they didn't drag all this stuff out and they probably only had five, maybe 10 minutes uh, before everything starts going down but these simple things will a such great character uh development in there and it makes you care about these characters uh with the exception of one person and we'll get back into that later um so one thing that this movie does almost to death and kills me now that i've seen it several times maybe the first time i didn't really realize how much it was doing it it foreshadows the shit out of all the things that are going to be used. So at the beginning, uh, David is fixing up the shed and he's using a nail gun. And later on, we got Mia. She's freaking out inside of the house. So they give her a needle with some uh, something to sedate her a little bit to keep her chilled out. And later on, we get yet another one with uh, their... Uh, carving up the dinner they're using an electric knife everything that gets used later on in this movie they have to foreshadow <laughs> and it drives me nuts yeah. when movies do that just to show you hey this thing was actually here it's not just here just because um it's not enough to deter me away from the movie but it is something that i don't like seeing maybe do it with one thing but don't do it with everything um so they all, the dog is with them, and the dog is smelling the same thing that me is smelling in his claw and at a rug. And they go, it, there's a trap door with like blood all over it. They go down into the basement. It turns out it's the basement from the opening scene of the movie. Uh, they find this uh, back room, and there are cats hung, skinned and hung from the ceiling, Gross. like hundreds of them. Gross. Uh, there is a completely burnt post, the post that the girl got burnt at. And then in the corner of the room, they have a table with the Necronomicon, which is wrapped in barbed wire and covered in a trash bag, and a shotgun and some shotgun ammo. So all the stuff was left there presumably in their minds that nobody's going into this cabin. It's abandoned. Um, so Eric is a dick in this movie. Eric causes all this shit to happen. So Stacy, let me ask you a question. Hmm. You go into this cabin in the middle of the woods, right? As you do. <laughs> and you go into the basement as you do after you find a trap door. Uh, and there are cats Skinned cats hung on the ceiling, hundreds of them, mm. as they are. Uh, and then you see a book that is put inside of a trash bag and barbed locked wire. up in barbed wire. Is your first thought going to be, let me go get some uh, cutters and pop that barbed wire off? No, never in a million years. Okay. Now is your second thought. After you cut said barbed wire, which you would never do in a million years, to cut that bag open, and then you realize this is a book that is literally made out of human skin. Literally. Mm. It, it's very clear of what it is. Would you open said book no. from the skinned cat basement? No. Okay. Um, 
so after you open up said book, as you do, um, <laughs> with the skin cat yep. cover or, or human skin cover, and everything in this book is scratched out and says, stop fucking reading this book. I mean, you got to continue to read, right? I mean, like, it's obvious. That's the answer. So, because you can't read it, what you're going to do is take a piece of paper, put it on it, and then do the trick with a pencil like you did with Goosebump books back in the day and get the previous etchings to come out, right? Yeah. And then despite it saying, do not read these words. You read them. You read them. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Yep. Okay, just wanted to make sure Thanks, that I'm not Eric. crazy here. Eric, you're a dick, and all this is your fault. Don't forget it. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I mean, it, it's a movie. You need to have your plot uh, stuff in there. But man, Eric, your curiosity killed the cat and you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> That's good, babe. So, um, we start getting some craziness happening here. Uh, Eric uh, reads the book. He reads the Kunta Strata Mantros Kanda which is the saying that kicks everything off. Um, And then we get the Evil Dead camera that you get in all the previous movies of swooshing through the woods. And Mia's outside just like circles, just walking circles, pacing, 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 because she's 100% relapsing. She needs her drugs that she dumped down the well. And, uh, well, things don't go well for Mia because... Uh, she sees a person in the woods, which ends up being what's called the abomination. Uh, she runs inside and she wants to leave, but the others won't let her leave because she needs to get sober. Uh, one scene that I missed actually was, um, David was talking to Olivia Olivia. and Eric and obviously they want nothing to do with him, like I said, especially Eric. Olivia yeah. is still like they used to be childhood friends and then he left and obviously hasn't talked in a while. He had no idea that they tried this before. Uh about a year ago, things got bad and then they just left and let her do her thing. Uh turns out she overdosed and he had no idea that she overdosed. She's like, She overdosed? She's like, Well, she was actually legally dead. Yeah. So she killed herself by overdosing, and the doctors had to use a defibrillator to bring her back to life, which another foreshadow. Um, so her friends are not letting her leave this time. And David's kind of torn here because he hasn't seen last time. He doesn't know how bad she can get. So he's kind of like on the fence of what do we do here but her friends just straight up say no we're not leaving she's like all right screw you she grabs the keys hops in the car goes to drive away and then she sees the uh vision of the abomination in the street again crashes the car and this is where things go fucking wild the branches violently strangle the shit out of her and it's such an uncomfortable scene to watch like she's gasping for air her acting is phenomenal here you would think that she's literally dying in this scene she's reaching for branches the the whole nine and then she sees the abomination in front of her and this branch thing comes out of the abomination's mouth climbs up mia's leg right up in her and now she is possessed it it is extraordinarily uncomfortable to watch like for her but yes it's oh yeah 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 yeah. watch as well yeah Yeah. i'm sure that's not enjoyable um depends who you are i guess well i don't think a thorny branch is comfortable for anybody anyway uh (laughs) so her friends find her in the woods and bring her back and she's telling we gotta leave we gotta freaking leave there were people in the woods attacking me the woods attacked me so they're just like yeah you're hallucinating and you probably ran into a thorn bush after crashing your car right uh and david's talking to me and mia's acting is freaking phenomenal the way that she can open her eyes super wide and She's like, there's there's somebody else in here with us now. We need to leave. And David leaves. He's not believing her. And then you see Mia, or not Mia, the abomination in the mirror staring at Mia. Woo. Uh, Creepy stuff. Uh, So Eric is just deciphering 
every page in the book they are not supposed to read page by page by page because eric this is all your fault uh and uh david ends up finding the poor pooch underneath the tree dead and there's a bloody hammer by it and he has a vision of mia killing the dog hate seeing a dog be killed in a movie i don't even know why this scene needed to be in there i don't think that it added anything to the movie the only thing that that dog added to the movie was a way for them to figure out that there's a trap door. I think what it added to the movie is it gave a sense to David that something is not right other than Mia getting off of the drugs. Oh, 100% it did. But, but that I could agree. have very I, easily been done some other way. I agree. I don't like to see animals, let alone dogs, get killed. And... It just, the the vision of her with the hammer, even though she wasn't obviously hurting the dog, a little bit too much for my stomach. Yeah, it wasn't fun to watch. So David goes to confront me, and he's super pissed. And Mia's in the shower and cranks the heat up as high as it can go, so scalding hot that it's burning her skin, and we're getting oh. visuals of it as it's happening. And as this is happening, Eric is still reading the book about the boiling water on the body. People are doing it to themselves. And he was also scrolling before and he saw the tree rape scene. Uh, so but her twitching in the shower was like phenomenal. Yeah, everything about me. I mean, Mia like, is so damn good in this it, movie. It's like unbelievable um, how well she acted the part. So David was just like, screw this. Something's wrong. We're leaving. He hops in the Jeep. Uh, with me, it goes to drive out, but the brook is now completely flooded because of the torrential downpours that they're having. So they had to get back, and Olivia uh, gave me a, a sedative to knock her out. Uh, Natalie randomly shows up again, and I wrote, <laughs> I forgot she was even in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Mia strolls in with the shotgun dragging on the floor. Such a cool scene of how they did it, too. They're all just talking, then you just hear the dragging. And then you see the behind the sh- scene uh, behind her, as, and it's just a low shot to where you can only see the shotgun in her hand and her legs as she's walking. Such yeah. a cool scene. Mia shoots uh, David, uh, only hits him in the shoulder, though. Um, and she starts screaming this insane scream, saying, you're all going to die tonight. But her mouth wasn't moving as she was saying it. And that snippet was actually the same exact audio clip from the original Evil Dead. Oh, wow. So, yeah, another big nod to it. There, there's a ton of them, and I'm not going to catch them all. Uh, so... Sorry, Evil Dead diehard fans. I'm not. <laughs> I'm an Evil Dead remake fan. Um, so from here, uh, Olivia tries to grab the gun, but Mia holds her down and vomits oh. this blood oatmeal type concoction into her mouth. Uh-huh. And then she knocks her into the trapdoor basement and locks her in there. Eric realizes what happened to Mia had to do with the witchcraft stuff in the basement. This is obviously not uh, her having withdrawals at this point, even though Olivia's still trying to... Olivia and David are both still trying to be like, okay, this is rational. This is her coming off drugs. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is clearly not. Um, so Olivia goes to get some stuff to completely knock Mia out, and she sees herself in the mirror in this like possessed type of messed up way. So the Necronomicon switches pages to a person carving their face off. And as soon as it opens to that page, she just freezes solid. The possession takes over, but you can tell she's still in there because she's so scared. She pees herself once Mm -hmm. this happens that she can't move. She doesn't have control anymore. Um, Eric finds her in the bathroom carving her face off. They did this scene really well when Eric doesn't quite see her, where he just opens the door yeah, and it's the, the flashing is great. of the light. I mean, my heart was pounding even though I knew it was coming. Just the way that they slowly did not show Olivia, but they showed Eric going into the bathroom. 
I'm thinking, I don't want, don't turn around. Please don't turn around. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we get the uh, payoff for the foreshadowing of the needle. She stabs him so many times with this needle. Uh, She stabs him in the hand, and then you can see the needle come through the other side of the hand. She just keeps going to town, stabbing him in the chest. Obviously, things that aren't going to kill you, but very much hurt. Yeah. Uh, And then she breaks the needle off in his eye. Oh. And it shows him slowly pull the needle out. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. The, the this part is awesome. of this scene that got me that, like, it, it was so gross is when he found Olivia and notices that she was cut in her face. So he's backing up and he slips on a fucking piece of skin. Yeah, the giant piece of her face that she cut I off. I was like, are you kidding me? It is so disgusting. Yeah. I mean,. Obviously, it's not real skin, but it looks so realistic. I'm thinking, oh, my God. So uh, he eventually kills Olivia with a piece of the toilet, uh, very saw-like, and just beats her head in with it until she dies. Uh, Natalie, uh, so David and Olivia are helping uh, all the wounds that Eric has, and they send Natalie back inside to go get some sugar and water, so that way he doesn't pass out from all this blood loss. And as he comes in, the trap door is wide open. Uh, no, Natalie comes in. Yes, she, Natalie comes in, but the trap door is wide open. And uh, she hears uh, Mia down there crying, and she's a good friend. She as soon as she hears this, she goes down in there to explain to her, hey, you lost your mind. I don't know what happened, but... And she's going down there to consult her, but Mia's obviously still possessed, and we get the other... Probably the craziest scene in this movie, uh, where she turns around, drags her into the basement, slams the door behind her. Natalie goes to grab a razor blade to attack her, and Mia takes the razor blade from her. She was like licking her oh originally. And she takes the razor blade and super slowly pushes her tongue into it and continues pushing, just splitting oh her tongue God. in two. And then she kisses Natalie, getting blood in her, which obviously is transmitting the possession to her. Uh, they get Natalie out. They chain the door shut. And Eric tries to burn the Necronomicon, but realizes you can't burn this book. Um, so he's talking to them about what he read in this book, the taker of souls, the demon, basically the main baddie. Uh, when he feasts upon five souls, the skies will rain with blood and the abomination will rise from hell. So the abomination is these visions that we've been seeing before. It's basically a different version of Mia in a sense. Um And Natalie is in the other room while this is happening, and she's looking at the bite mark that Mia gave to her, and the infection is spreading up her arm, and Mia's watching her from the trap door laughing at her, and Natalie decides that she's going to use the meat cleaver to cut her own arm off to stop the spread, and uh, Mia... Or possessed me is down there screaming, don't cut it off, don't cut it off, because she wants her to be possessed. Right. Uh, and the next scene that we have, they go in there. And very similar to how, uh, what's his name, David? David uh, tries to fix uh, Eric. Eric. He used duct tape on Eric's chest. He uses duct tape on her arm. I wrote duct tape fixes fucking everything, That's doesn't it? That's what I said. <laughs> duct tape, duct tape. Cut her arm off and he uses duct, duct tape, tape on it like that's going to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Instead of doing something a little bit smarter like getting a pan and heating it up and then cauterizing the wound. No, we'll just put some duct tape on it. That shit will buff out. Uh, obviously, he doesn't care about uh, Natalie because she's barely in this movie anyway. Um, um, so this is where we find out David and Mia's mom died, uh, in a hospital. And this is why he thinks that he went, she went crazy just like her mom. And Natalie, uh, did not end up saving herself by cutting her arm off because she's obviously still possessed. And she shoots Eric with a nail gun so many freaking times. Well, she starts off by shooting herself in the face with the nail gun. Yeah. And then she starts shooting, uh, Eric all over the place, like Uh through his hands, 
stapling or nailing his hands to his chest, nailing his face, and just keeps going to town, shoots David's leg a bunch of times. Uh, so she smacks David's arm bad with a crowbar. Oh he holds God. his hand up to stop it, and you just see his arm bend in half. Like, oh, nope, so gross. Done. I'm done being an arm. Uh, and Eric, she's about to kill him, but then Eric gets her attention, and then she smacks him in the hand with a crowbar, and you just see four of his fingers go from normal to... Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's not just, like, the the visual, but the sound effects. That's what gets me. I can somewhat stomach the, the visual of it, but when you put the two together, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Put on something happy, a Disney movie or something. I can't. Yeah. So David uh, shoots her other arm off with the shotgun, basically going for death by disembowelment to fix this problem. And Natalie's voice comes back asking why David is hurting her. And then she dies, and then we get the burning bush outside. Lightning strikes, burns the bush. Very uh, much a... uh, mocking of god type of deal um so david finally decides to burn the place down with me inside so that way he can end this because he's fully believing it now and when he goes to drop the flame mia's singing the song in the uh, basement that their mom sang to them so he decides to go a different route because as uh, Eric was deci- uh, explaining the book. There's three different ways that you can end this uh, with whoever's possessed. You can bury them alive, disembowelment, or burning them to death. So he goes, uh, uh, where am I here? D- David uh, goes a different route to make something in the shed, and we get to see the chainsaw in there. So another foreshadow. Uh, David goes into the basement to get Mia, and she stabs him a bunch of times uh, and has ungodly strength uh, at this point. So she's throwing him around like a freaking ragdoll. And it's very much not ragdoll like Ash Kendall in the woods (laughs) and the Evil Dead 2. It's very very much like a strong person throwing somebody (laughs) into a wall very violently. Uh, Eric is able to knock her out. Uh, but as he does it, Mia stabs him uh, in the stomach, basically the final blow, killing him. He decides to bury Mia alive, um, and after he buries her, he quickly pulls her back up. Well, what I liked when he was burying her is the heartbeat sound. Yeah. I thought that that was very unique because it's like, you know, slowly but surely you know she's dying, but such something so simple where just the sound effect overall as it's happening, it really put the moment like, I don't know how to explain it. It, it just it was really oh, good. It worked very well. Yes. So David was listening to it to figure out the exact second that she died so that way the possession would be over and then he could dig her up. And uh, what he ran to the shed for before was he was making his own defibrillator, basically. He had a car battery syringe, and he just MacGyvered some shit together because we're all master engineers if you're in an Evil Dead scenario. and uh, But he didn't need a chemistry book. No, he did not have a chemistry book, unfortunately. Uh, he does get Mia to wake up, and it is her. She's not possessed anymore. So David goes in to grab the car keys so that way they can get out of there because it's all over. But Eric is now possessed uh, because Mia bled on him in the open wounds. So he stabs uh, David David in the neck neck as he's going to get his keys. And David basically pushes Mia out of the house, gives her the keys, and says, get the fuck out of here. And uh, David shoots the gas can to ignite the place and kill Eric once and for all to set him on fire. Uh, but what happened was David killed himself first before Eric died. So because of that, we now have five souls that the abomination took because Mia technically died. Mm -hmm. Eric died. 
Natalie died, Olivia died, and now David died. So it starts to fucking rain blood, and we got fucking Slayer going on. <laughs> I fucking love this scene. It's so metal. It's raining blood like crazy. Yeah, and not just intense. like drizzling, just like hardcore yes. raining blood, practical rain it's not cgi no and the abomination rises and you got this awesome uh score in the background as all this is happening it's not actually raining blood but uh that's what it feels like it should be but it's got this siren thing going on uh man it's so damn cool yeah it's Uh, obviously the best scene of the entire movie so as the abomination is rising it's actually a call back to the original evil dead poster of the hand coming up through the ground. Uh, And Mia sees this happening, and uh, the Abomination attacks her while she's trying to leave. So she runs, she crawls through the hole where the dog ended up dying, which was a thing that they must have used as kids when they played in the cabin, because it brings you right to the shed. And once she's in there, she grabs the chainsaw, and you're just like, fuck yeah. (laughs) fuck yes let's do this and she grabs the chainsaw and thank god we have a movie where a chainsaw that's been sitting there for 20 years doesn't start on first pull yeah Uh, and it's out of gas (laughs) so she grabs some gas throws it in there and she keeps trying to start the damn thing but it won't start up the abominations just chasing her just mocking her as she's as it's chasing her uh and eventually um we get uh a scene where she's crawling behind this bookcase trying to start the thing and the abomination starts stabbing through the wall to get her and obviously missing like in every horror movie but then it hits her in the knee and it's slowly pulled out and i'm just like oh my god and then it happens again in her thigh and slowly pulls out and Mia breaks out of the shed, hides behind a car where she finally gets the chainsaw going and cuts the foot off of the abomination. And then the abomination throws the fucking car over yes. and it lands on Mia's hand. So oh. now she's stuck and the abomination's crawling over to her. And she rips her hand off to get free, like violently it was rips so the hand gross. off. I mean, obviously it's not her hand. I got yeah. that. But I'm saying it's. It looked so realistic with the stretching of the skin and the pulling. I I was gagging. Yeah. It was disgusting. It was awesome. So the <laughs> abomination is just still mocking her like, I will feast on your soul. And me, it's like, feast on this motherfucker and takes the chainsaw and starts at the top of the abomination's yep. head and just keeps going down all the way to the waist. And my God, was it brutal as hell. That was her son's favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, he was he, laughing. He loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Bad Dad showing him this, but at the same time, <laughs> man, this is such a fun movie. Uh, Mia. Wow, so, if you show him as, the uh, Army of the Darkness, you have to show him this one. That's uh, very much not so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can just show somebody the Army of Darkness and be an okay parent. Uh, so she kills the abomination the abomination sucks back into the ground the raining blood stops mia one so she goes over she grabs her necklace that was on the ground from david and the nightmares over Mia's actually free the sun is rising but then we see that the book of the dead is still there the necronomicon so all this can continue going and then poof, evil dead uh title card again and then we get these awesome and credits with blood splatter everywhere and if you stick around long enough in the credits we get the original recording yet again it is entitled not to run as the credits are going that's the first time that you actually hear it i wish this was in the film but i understand why it wasn't finding a recording in your basement because of a witch having some type of procedure in there does not make sense so it made sense to not be in there but i missed it that was one of my favorite parts of the original but i'm glad that it was in the credits and then we get a post credit scene which i thought was awesome it's just bruce campbell and then he just says groovy and then that's it so 
before they moved on to make Ash vs. the Evil Dead in 2015, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell confirmed that this film uh, is set in the same continuity as the original trilogy, and their plan was to make Army of the Darkness 2, a sequel to the film starring Mia, and one final film with Ash and Mia teaming up to fight the Deadites. Universal Studios passed on Army of the Darkness 2 with Ash's Adventures now being told in Ash vs. Evil Dead and the sequel to this film appearing to have been uh, shelved and very doubtful that this team-up will ever actually happen. So the intent of this was to have Mia team up with Bruce Campbell to do an Army of the Darkness 2, which kind of glad that they didn't because going into such a wild zany army of darkness style kind of would have killed it for me but at the same time i would have loved to see like love to see bruce campbell in a legit like super dark evil dead movie yeah if they kept the same spirit as this movie i would love to see that if Evil Dead Rises was that, which, based on the trailers, I already know it's not. I never saw the full trailer, but the fact that it's a mother and some sons uh, instantly tells me, unless that mother is Mia, it ain't happening. But I would love it to happen. Um, and that's it. That's that's 2013's Evil Dead. Take it, leave it, love it, hate it. That This is what it is. It is violent. It's in your face. It's gory. It's brutal. So is this I the last it. time I have to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching it many more times, right, whether you join in or not. Am I, I, I don't know or care. <laughs> am I now off the hook? I've watched it twice, once just because, and now was forced. Yeah. So I would think I'm off the hook. Sure. I don't Thank care. You. I don't care whether you watch it again or not. I'll be watching it plenty of times, just like I watch Halloween 3. <laughs> quite often <I> know. <laughs> uh which drives halloween fans nuts they hate hearing how much people love halloween 3 it's not a halloween movie it doesn't have michael myers piss off grandpa nobody cares uh <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy halloween i enjoy this, some of the sequels i fucking love halloween 3 and it's wacky zaniness uh i love evil dead 2013 and unapologetically i don't love the original three some of the first one and the third one were okay second one how anybody can like that one i don't know that's beyond me um god i can't wait to see full dead rises it's gonna be so good i am trying to put my dad hat on and see whether i'm bringing my son to it or not because i know that he wants to see it I might wait until we can watch it at home, though. I think that's the yeah, right move I think, to make. I think it's best if we watch it first and yeah. then make that decision. Yep, 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 yep. And that's probably what it's going to end up being, but we'll see. Uh, Mom, what, he, could, he could come and just hold the popcorn in the bad scenes. <laughs> we'll make him face the seat and wear hearing protection. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on 2013's Evil Dead? Where does this rank in comparison to the others stacy what's your prior to evil dead rises ranking of the first four movies so i i like this one more than number one okay so this is one this is one gotcha um, original then three then two yeah gotcha yep, those would be my rankings what about same you? exact ranking for yeah me. uh but this is miles ahead of evil dead one evil dead two evil dead one is miles ahead of evil dead three uh army of darkness is miles ahead of evil dead two the, there are such big jumps from movie to movie that it's insane uh however after re-watching the original trilogy i will say two of them are Fair to good. So I can see myself re-watching the re original Evil Dead now. I can see myself re-watching Army of Darkness if I'm in a silly, goofy type of mood and <laughs> want to watch something horror. I cannot see myself ever watching Evil Dead 2 unless if I'm wanting to watch them all back to back to back. Yeah. Which hopefully I won't do again. Um, please let us know in the comments what your rankings are of these movies prior to watching the new one. What are your hopes with the new one? Are you hoping that Bruce Campbell is in it, uh, doing more than just like a, uh, one second cameo in the post credit scene? 
are you hoping that this becomes uh, a franchise? They're making a bunch of movies off of this one. Are you hoping that it's a one and done? Very curious to hear what your thoughts yeah, are on it. I'd love to hear what your rankings are in the other movies with this included. Yep. So Evil Dead Rise is coming out this week. Cannot wait. Uh, we will be having a quick reaction out of the theater probably about five six minutes no spoilers or anything like that we don't do these full breakdowns until we're sitting at home watching them i don't like going to a movie theater with a notepad i did it once won't do it again um my hands need to be free again for popcorn (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so i think the next movie that we're going to be reviewing on this channel in depth is probably going to be cocaine bear uh, I already so did my quick thoughts that. on that one. Um, I want to see that so bad. And I'm looking forward to watching it again as a spoiler. So until next time, I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. This is the Horror Judge. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>